A very dark and murky story remains a rather dark and murky story, but we do need to talk about it since new information came out. Mass resignations are happening in Virginia because the governor wants people to actually work, and if you have to fart, I suggest you let it rip. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well... New Kamalaism today, and it comes from the source, Kamala herself. I, okay, just listen to this. Together, we are expanding access to transportation. Seems like maybe it's a small issue, it's a big issue. You need to get to go, and need to be able to get where you need to go to do the work, and get home. You know, she just focuses on a word and repeats that same word about 15 times. She really does. I, she is so bad at that. You can't even. You can't even. You can't even talk about it anymore. It's just you play it because it's so funny. And what's scary is, um, they're now talking about the Twenty Fifth Amendment for Joe Biden. So they're talking that he may have to go, and the his cabinet may have to take him out. They're they're really talking a lot about it now, and she's your president. Can you imagine this broad talking to the Iranians? trying to negotiate a deal with uh, the with China. Oh my God. Okay. A little, little bit on a personal note. Um, I am now officially finished all my actual chess pieces for my handmade, hand-carved chessboard. I have created, actually, that's not completely true. I have created all my rooks, my knights, my bishops, and maybe three pawns. Okay, but the pieces themselves, the, the back pieces, the the rooks, knights. Knights I thought I was going to have a lot of problems with, and they turned out to be actually my nicest pieces. Uh, bishops and uh, rooks. Bishops, knights were the ones I was really worried about because they look very hard to carve. I still have to carve the king and queen, and those look like they're going to be a bit of a bear. And I'm thinking I may re-carve the bishops because they don't look great. But outside of that, I, I basically had to carve five to six of each piece. So instead of, you know, on a chessboard, there are four knights. I ended up carving about six knights because inevitably I screwed up two of them. So uh, I only had to carve four ro- five rooks before I got it. And my bishops, I think I carved seven bishops, and my bishops still look like crap. So I'm probably, let me tell you something, this is a lot easier with a lathe. If I had a lathe, I'd just go in there and, and, and chop these things up. But yeah, but I'm really proud about that. I know I talked about it in an earlier podcast. But I thought I'd tell you, hey, it's going really well. And my second book is pumping. I am now on chapter nine of my second book. I've been working on it for two weeks. The biggest problem I have with writing a book, believe it or not, is not writing the book. It's typing it. Now, the good news is I have a buddy out there who wants a story. So I sat back and I sent them the book, sent him the book. So he's reading it now. Or I think he's reading it. He's probably not reading it. It's not very long. Uh, so far, I only have about 30 pages down, but the 30, I've decided to go the way of Herman Melville and make my chapters a lot shorter uh, so that it's very easy to read. Uh, and it'll just have a lot of chapters in it. So we'll we'll see. We'll see how it works out. Okay, here's an, an 
absolutely awful story in every way. One of the reasons I didn't bring up this story is because uh, there was so much mystery surrounding it. We didn't really know what it was about. There still is. I mean, we're, we're not even sure. I'm not even sure. I'll, t- I'll talk about that at the end when, we, when I get through the story. Because we're not even sure if this is part of the story or not. Okay? But what makes this story so terrible, besides what happens to a child, is how the president, the media, and activists are using this apparent tragedy as a political talking point for abortion. And when you hear this story, be aware of something. We don't even know if abortion was really on the table in this story. And everything that they were talking about was actually wrong anyway. So, Let's, let's, and, and then the fact is, now that we actually might have a subject to this story that maybe it wasn't made up out of thin air, the question is going to be, um, this, this policy was, this, this tragedy was created by Biden's policies. So needless to say, this story is going to be forgotten real quick. All right, so here's the story. So the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade about three weeks ago. A doctor uh, told the Indianapolis Star, Indianapolis Star, a newspaper, that there was a, te- a story of a 10-year-old girl who was raped in Ohio, but had to go to Indiana to get an abortion. She used this story as a reason why overturning Roe versus Wade was such a bad thing. President Biden used this same story in a speech, as an example, as the example of why Roe versus Wade was such an evil ruling. Now, right off the bat, there are some problems with the story. Um, enter Fox News. Fox News comes in and says, okay, something's wrong here. None of this makes any sense. So they decided to investigate the story. Well, the first thing they found that was weird about the story is that they are pointing the 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 doctor who we'll talk about in a few seconds. I don't have her name, but we'll talk about this doctor in a few seconds. The doctor pointed out that this child who was pregnant was six weeks and three days uh, pregnant, which means according to the bill in or according to the law in Ohio, it's actually a heartbeat bill. It's not a specific date timestamp of the bill, that child was three days over and she couldn't get an abortion in Ohio. Well, here's the problem with that. There are actually a few problems with that. Um, and we'll talk about all of the problems in a few minutes. First off, uh, it's a heartbeat bill in Ohio. It's not a term. It's not a timestamp law in Ohio. The second problem is so whether or not she's six weeks and three days or whatever that's not really relevant is is can you see a heartbeat or something like that the second problem is ohio already said that um no little girl could have gotten an abortion because it's the protection of the mother is more important than the fetus in this case and a 10 year old having a baby actually could cause her damage 
So she could have gotten an abortion in Ohio based off that law. And the third problem with this is how did the doctor know it was six weeks and three days? Medicine isn't that exact. It's the kids around six weeks. So it already looked like it was kind of a BS story. And Fox News kind of pointed this out. The other problem is that when there is sexual violence against the child in Ohio, and I believe it's every state in the United States, um, it has to be reported to law enforcement. It was never reported by, to law enforcement in Ohio or Indiana. So right off the bat, there's a big problem. I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but the kid supposedly had to go to Indiana, had to travel across state lines to Indiana to get the abortion, which didn't, we apparently didn't happen. It was never reported, including by this doctor that reported the story. The doctor has the legal duty to report any violence against the child. And she never reported it. Um, so law enforcement actually reported to Fox News that they have never received a call about a child being raped, a 10-year-old being raped. Then it was found out that this doctor who reported this to the Indianapolis Star is an avid pro-abortion activist. She actually appears, I don't know her name, but she commonly appears on CNN and MSNBC. Fox News actually released a um, actually released video of her on CNN talking. So right off the bat, there are lots of problems with this story. Everything is really fuzzy on the story, except what happened on Tuesday. On Tuesday, day before yesterday, which again. They're, they're saying this story could be related to this, this story that this lady is saying. The problem is she said it way before the rest on Tuesday. On Tuesday, um, there was an arrest and of a man who raped a 10-year-old child twice and got her pregnant, apparently. Apparently. We don't really know... A lot about this story. So here, here is an update to that story. The man who allegedly raped, actually it's more than allegedly, he confessed to it. They're doing DNA tests to, to make sure it's done. But apparently this is, it, it's more than allegedly. Isn't the man who raped this 10 year old is a, an illegal immigrant. The problem is it's a very similar story to the one that was told last week, the problem is the arrest was just day before yesterday, so they're not exactly sure this was the story, the example. His name was Grishan Fuentes, 27. He was in Columbus. He's from Guatemala, and he's been charged with two counts of first-degree rape. He confessed to raping her twice, so there's not a lot. They're just pending DNA for physical proof. Now, the outlet noted that police were informed of the girl's pregnancy after her mother reported it. So it wasn't any doctors, and this happened on June 22nd. So it's very, very possible that this whole thing 
this is the story. It, it does kind of match up with the story. Um, it is completely unclear whether she crossed state lines to get an abortion. She didn't have to cross state lines. And there is some suggestion that the reason she crossed state lines was not to get an abortion, which, by the way, because of her age, she could have gotten in Ohio because it still would have been legal. All that crap you hear about getting an abortion, you can't get an abortion with an ectopic pregnancy is all BS. You can get an abortion if you have an ectopic pregnancy. If the mother's life is in danger, I believe every state in the country does this. If the woman's life is in danger by going through the pregnancy, and this is an example where a 10-year-old giving birth could really damage her, abortion is completely allowed. Okay? But they're not clear whether she was crossing state lines to get an abortion or she was crossing state lines to get a second opinion. A lot of people are saying, no, she was actually crossing state lines to get a different doctor. This is what um, Fox News reported. Well, the doctor who sat there and out and, and outed this story, she's now in trouble because she violated HIPAA, which is the Privacy Patient Privacy Act. You can't go on TV and start talking about someone's health, as she did. And now we everyone knows who this actually happened to. She violated HIPAA. So she's being investigated right now. Now, this story will be forgotten. I can guarantee you Joe Biden is not going to bring this up again. Why? Because in May, we had 240,000 illegals cross the border. In June, it's close, going to be close to 300,000 again caught at the border. Joe Biden is just willy-nilly letting people in. And if that's the case, and we don't even know when this guy crossed into the country, but if this guy crossed into the country within the last couple of years, this is going to be a Joe Biden problem. If this guy crossed in the last 10 years, this is going to just show how bad an open border policy is. We don't know who these people are that are coming in. So this story will be forgotten. Um, the one thing I can't wait is Peter Ducey. You know he's going to ask uh, Karen Jean-Pierre some questions, and she's going to be floundering up and down about this whole thing in the open border. And then she's going to spin it. And by spin, I mean lie about it. So I can't wait to hear what he's going to what he's going to do to her today. Okay, you know, people just here's in the next story. People just don't want to work anymore. So according to the Daily Wire, over 300 Virginia bureaucrats have quit since Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin announced in May that state employees must show up to their jobs following more than two years of remote work since the onset of COVID pandemic. Employees from five different state agencies resigned after Youngkin's new work policy, some specifically citing telework options as the reason for leaving. So these guys, they just don't want to work. They want to stay at home, right? They just don't want to, they don't want to go into work. And hey, we've got technology. I can stay at home in my pajamas on my fat ass and, and not work and get paid the same amount of money. And Yunkin is saying no. Now, the, the, and by the way, bureaucrats. So good. Quit. And if I were Yunkin, I wouldn't even replace them unless they're absolutely positively necessary. And looking at the groups that don't want to work, huh. The Virginia Department of Transportation lost 183 
employees. Good riddance. The Virginia Department of Health lost 78 employees. Good riddance. Virginia Employment Commission, 38 employees. The Department of Housing and Community Development and the Department of Emergency Management lost 13 workers. Now, here's the whole thing. Good riddance to them. Get rid of them. And this is, this is, this is going to appear to be a very bad choice for these people. Listen, we are in a, we're in probably in a recession right now. They're talking about jacking the, jacking the interest rate of full percentage point, which is stupid. They need to jack it up three percentage points to slow down uh, inflation and, and jacking it up three percentage points may not even do that. But they're talking about jacking up, uh, uh, jacking up uh, the interest rate three, two, one to three percent. That's going to cost jobs. People are going to get laid off. All this thing that Joe Biden is talking about, about, oh, look at the job growth. Yeah, that's going to go away because they're going to jack up interest rates. These people are going to have a tough time finding another cushy, bureaucratic job. And they're going to have a tough time finding any job. And these guys just quit. Okay, well, F you, goodbye, ciao, ciao. The Virginia Governmental Employees Association lobbyist Dylan Bishop said, quote, we had anticipated that the shift in policy would result in an exodus of workers, which is really concerning because of state's recruitment and retention issues. So these employees thought they could bully Glenn Youngkin into letting him work from home. And Glenn Youngkin said, F you. Here's the reality. Here's the reality. Working from home is hard. And anyone who tells you I get a lot of work done from home is full of crap. You do not get as much work done from home. Okay, it is harder to focus at home. It is harder to get comfortable at home to work. It is harder to get into. I mean, it is really hard to get out of bed, make some coffee, and then sit your your underwear clad ass on the on the table and start working. That just that doesn't happen. And I think we've we talked about this before that one of the ways I get ready for work is by going to work. I either get in my car or I take the train and I, I get to work and it kind of puts me in the, it, it wakes me up. It puts me in the, the deal. I usually drink a cup of coffee. Then I get to work. We BS with the other employees and then we get to work. It's also easier when you have a problem, the employee is right there. The employees are right there. You could talk to them or you can get together with employees. You can't typically do that on a Zoom call. Not to mention there's there's friendship, there's familiar relationships that are created at work. I think work being at work is really important. And just quitting because you're a lazy ass is okay, well quit. Who cares? Okay, so good good for uh good for Yunkin holding to his guns. Okay, I had to this next story. Now now we're gonna get to stories that are, are far less you know, dangerous and stuff. I, this, this is a story. I, I, I just couldn't believe it was true. And apparently this is really a thing because the New York post actually kind of explained it. According to New York post, a Brazilian influencer had to be wheeled through a Portuguese airport after she experienced quote, horrible pain and quote, from holding in her farts. 
Vi Tube, whose real name is Vittoria de Feliz Moras, 21, was at the Rock in Rio Lisbo- Lisboa 2022 Music Festival in Portugal with her boyfriend, Eliezer. God, where do these people get these names? When she began experiencing pain, Moras was too embarrassed to pass gas in front of her significant other, other according to the sun. Moras posted a video to her Instagram stories of her being pushed in a wheelchair and tagged Brazilian singer Polka, who had been hospitalized with trapped gas earlier this year. Okay, what is wrong with women from Brazil? This apparently happens to them quite quite frequently. Now, I can understand you want to hold me. Go to the bathroom. And you can fart all you want in the bathroom. And apparently, this gal... Um, uh, Polka, because there's an additional story that that points to this story. She was hospitalized for this, and then I, I'm thinking it's a joke, right? It, it's 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 funny. No, they, they, the New York Post said, yeah, this is a common thing. This is the irritable bowel syndrome and things like this. This is actually very dangerous to hold in your farts. So I guess we're just all supposed to let them rip. The other thing, I mean, I mean, there are ways of farting without the whole world knowing about it. I mean, in all seriousness, well, matter, matter of fact, how, what is she, this broad, actually eating that makes it she's got to fart that much that she could get sick if she doesn't? Seriously. Uh, yeah, so this is, it, it is a true story. This does happen, and there are medical diagnoses for this. Um, the other thing I want to point out, too, is what is with these people always posting? She's too embarrassed to fart in front of somebody she's apparently sleeping with, but she can post this to Instagram? She has no problem doing that? What is wrong with these people? It's like Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden released, or didn't release a video, but had a video of him in a uh, a tank, a um sensory deprivation tank. He, it, it, this was apparently one of his treatments for addiction. Of course, in that tank, he brought his phone, was recording himself naked, smoking crack, drinking a white claw, and jerking off. What is wrong with people? Is this really something you need to record? You're too embarrassed and fart in front of your boyfriend, but you can record saying that you got sick because you you won't don't want to fart in front of your boyfriend. I freaking don't get it. Okay, in our last story, here's an example of what good parenting is, and one of the reasons I know this is good parenting is because a lot of people are saying this parenting, this is not good parenting, according to the New York Post. A mom went viral for making her 18-year-old daughter sign a lease to stay at home and then experienced a wave of negative comments. The Oklahoma mother of six posted a video of her daughter signing the document to TikTok. She called it a teaching moment, as the song It's a Hard Not Life from the musical Annie played in the background. The video has since received more than 1.6 million views, almost 130,000 likes, and over 4,000 comments. But despite framing this decision as a way to set up her daughter for success, not everyone on board 
is on board with making her child pay for a room and board. Multiple, multiple commenters talked about their own life how and how they aren't on speaking terms with their parents after they made the same decision. Now, the fact that, again, the fact that she got a lot of crap about this on TikTok, and by the way, 130,000 likes versus 4,000 comments, she didn't get that much crap on TikTok. Trust me, that she's hardly being uh, ratioed here. But the fact that someone is, someone, is, these people are actually condemning her is actually, actually tells me she's doing a, a pretty damn good job. I mean, one of the comments here is, quote, I'm in my 20s and can barely get by with two jobs. Help say, her save so she can be financially stable when she goes on her own. Now, you know, here's the problem with these, these kids, and Josie and I talk about this all the time, is, no, you should be working when you're 15, 16, I worked at 14. I had, I did, I did, uh, my mom made me do work in the house at 10. So I was by, by 12, I was already cooking my own meals. I was already washing my own clothes. I was making my own bed. I was doing all this crap really young. I was able to sew by 16 so I could fix my pants. Today, we just go out and buy new pants. I, Josie and I talk about this all the time. Kids should have a job by 16. The second you can get a work permit, you should go get a job. Because the reality is, you're going to have to quit a bunch of jobs before you find a job or find your face, your, your little place in life. Uh, I see these kids, they're getting jobs at 18, 19 after high school, and they're getting jobs that I got at 15. We see this all the time. I see it within Josie's own house. It's very common. These kids don't want to work, and they're not being encouraged to work. This guy, I'm in my 20s. I can barely get by with two jobs because you probably got your first job at 19. That's why. You probably got your first job very late because you should have been working all the way through and actually getting promoted. That's how it works. These kids think, well, I'm out of high school, so I should get a $40 an hour job. And our politicians keep pushing this. That's not how it works. It still doesn't work that way. It's never worked that way. It will never work that way. So basically, she's charging her daughter $100 a month. She doesn't have to pay any other bill. She doesn't have to pay for her phone bill. She doesn't have to pay for her car payment or anything like this. She had to sign a lease. And it looks like a typical renter's lease. And she said, this, this is a good thing. I think I'm teaching my daughter, one, independence, how to live on your own. She's got to figure out how to get that $100 a month. Teaching her how she's got a plan to live her life. Because a lot of kids today, they get a paycheck and then they spend it on something, on some trash. Or they buy a really expensive car. And that's the only thing they're paying for is that really expensive car. I see that at work. At my, at, at my last job, there were girls, they were in their 30s living with their parents, and the only thing they had to pay for was their car. They're in their 30s. Heck, I see people like that in my own family. They're in their 30s, and they're still not living at, at, and they're still living at home. This is not, by the way, this is not normal. She also says, she also says, um, 
this is a way for her to have some sort of rental history so that when she goes out to get an apartment, and she will be able to afford an apartment in Oklahoma. It's not California, where, you know, rents are $2,000 for a one-bedroom. $2,000 for one. I saw a, I saw in California, I know I'm going off a little bit, but I saw a studio apartment in California for $2,300 a month. A studio apartment. There's one room and a bathroom. That's it. No kitchen. Incredible. The living room is the bedroom. 2300 anyway so she'll have a rental history that she's going to be able to actually show a potential renter because she signed a lease and the reason she set it up at a hundred dollars a month was because that's the minimum you have to have to pay to have a rental history so she's not even charging her any she's not trying to make a profit here this is being a good parent. This is an example of being a good parent. Is tough love. There's another story. I think I actually talked about this a couple years in a podcast last year sometime. There was another story where a mother took her child, who was 16 at the time, 15 or 16. Actually, might have been younger, might have been 14. Dropped the kid off in the middle of the city gave the kid 40 bucks and told the kid, now get home. And the kid figured out how to get home, figured out what bus lines to take, got home a couple of hours later. And then when the kid was, the mother was excoriated about it because she wrote a book about it. She actually wrote a book about parenting and she used this as an example. She got excoriated for this. But when you interview the kid, the kid said it was the greatest feeling I ever had. I never realized I could do some of that stuff. I never knew I could be that independent. I can figure things out on my own. This is what kids need to do. I remember when I was 14, we used to ride bikes from in Santa Monica to Marina del Rey. My parents didn't worry about it. They let me go. We are so busy being helicopter parents in this society that things like just making an, a, a six, a, what, how old is this kid? I can't remember. How old is it? This 18-year-old kid. This is not even a child. This is an adult. I was out of the house at 17. Making an 18-year-old kid pay $100 a rent is a real terrible thing. That's where our society is right now. All parents need to be helicopter parents where they do nothing but baby their kids. Okay, I've got um, a new video coming up on Rumble, so go to Rumble and... Uh, Type in dumbasses talking politics and, and take a look. This one has nothing to do with politics. Power of nature. Awesome, awesome video. I commentate on it a little bit and then let you watch the entire video. So take a visit at that. I hope you have a great weekend. Talk to you on Monday. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.